You probably all know somebody whose life has been touched by breast cancer in one way or another. Fortunately, the survival rate is quite high, but options for women seeking to replace what they've lost after a mastectomy surgery are rather limited at the moment. Those options have expanded recently with the introduction of a new technology that uses digital imaging to create a custom breast prosthesis. But women seeking to use this option will quickly find that there are a number of obstacles that stand in the way of getting them paid for, the largest of which is the fact that Medicare won't cover them currently. This gives the female breast the dubious distinction of being the only part of the human body that Medicare won't replace with a custom prosthetic device. We here at VGM have launched a campaign hoping to correct this called Let Her Decide. To give us some information on the campaign, I'm joined by Tom Powers, the VP of Legislative Affairs for our Government Relations Division. Tom, welcome to the program, sir. Thank you, Brian. It's my pleasure. And I'd also like to welcome Nikki Jensen, the VP of our Essentially Women Business Unit, to the show. Nikki, thank you for taking the time to be here with us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Nikki, would you do me a favor before we get started? Before we talk about your bill, I'd like you to talk a little bit about Essentially Women. Can you just briefly describe for our listeners what Essentially Women is and what your mission is? Absolutely. Essentially Women is the community within VGM that pertains to women's health. Our members are mostly involved in post-mastectomy services as well as mother-baby. Uh, we have about 600 members throughout the country with a total of uh, about 750 rooftop locations. All right. So you and Tom have been working very hard lately to try to pass the Breast Cancer Patient Equity Act. Can you tell me what that piece of legislation is and who it will impact if you manage to get it passed into law? The Breast Cancer Patient Equity Act is about offering women the choice of custom breast prosthesis following mastectomy surgery. Currently, the choices available to women after they've had a mastectomy is reconstruction, off-the-shelf breast prosthesis, or the option to not do anything, and that's referred to as going flat. So with that, we want to make sure that women have all of the choices available to them, including a custom breast prosthesis. For our listeners who aren't familiar with that particular procedure, can you talk a little bit about what custom breast prosthesis is and what that treatment looks like for the women that would like to have access to it? Yeah, absolutely. So with a custom breast prosthetic, the technology has come a long way in the last few years, and most of the manufacturers use an iPad that does a scan of the chest wall. So what it does is it matches then the exact contour. So if there's any concave areas or areas that have extra tissue or missing tissue, then it makes sure that the breast prosthesis is made custom fit to match her chest wall and it fits like a puzzle piece. The change in that with regards to an off-the-shelf breast prosthetic is that an off-the-shelf prosthesis has a flat back. It goes into a pocketed mastectomy bra which for a lot of women will be a good solution, but for women that don't have a flat chest wall, if it doesn't fit snug against the chest wall, it will move and shift um, and cause discomfort possibly for a woman. Also, if she's looking to have a prosthesis that matches an existing breast, so for instance, if she had one breast removed and she's trying to match the, the one that's remaining, to find something quote-unquote off the shelf is very challenging. So a custom breast prosthetic is made to fit that profile and the contour then of her chest wall, um, in addition to skin tone. Uh, an off-the-shelf breast prosthesis usually only comes in two skin tones, uh, whereas the custom breast prosthesis has about 36, 37 different skin tone options, so she can choose the option that most closely matches her skin tone. 
Well, it sounds like a great technology and it sounds like a wonderful solution. It would be nice if people had access to that. Nikki, I know that you and Tom have, have gone through quite the journey, quite the saga with this. Can you tell me about the, the history of your attempts to get this particular law passed? Sure, absolutely. So it was actually in 2011 that the first version of the Breast Cancer Patient Equity Act that was introduced, and that was with the 112th Congress. It was led by Senator Olympia Snow from Maine and Congressman Mike Ross from Arkansas. And we're not really sure why the bill didn't pass in the 112th Congress. But what we do know is that neither Senator Snow or Congressman Ross came back to Congress for the 113th Congress. And so there was nobody there really to pick that bill up and and reintroduce it. So it was in 2018, just last summer, that Tom and I and a few of our colleagues went out and met with a couple of ombudsmen at CMS uh, because we told them that they could reference back to the um, 1998 Act, the Women's Health and Cancer Rights Act, that allowed for reconstruction and breast prosthesis for health plans that allow coverage for mastectomy. And we told them that that definition of breast prosthesis could be expanded to include custom breast prosthesis and not just off-the-shelf prosthesis. So from a regulatory interpretation, they could make that fix. Unfortunately, they told us that it would take legislation for them to be able to include that in their interpretation. So from there, with Tom's assistance here with working with Senator Duckworth's office and our leads from last fall, we were able to get a bill introduced in both the House and the Senate last fall. Okay. But unfortunately, we were really late to that game. Uh, We only had a couple months left in that Congress. And so uh, we learned a lot within the few months that we were introduced. And now we're fortunate enough that now within the 116th Congress, we do have both a House bill and a Senate bill introduced. It is S-562 and H.R. 1370 that have been introduced. And now we're ready to gain sponsors and uh, really make a go of it. Well, let's talk about gaining sponsors. And Tom, this is where I'd like you to chip in a little bit. It sounds as if we have some bipartisan support for this. Can you tell me, since none of the old sponsors have returned to office this year, who is co-sponsoring the bill now? Uh, Co-sponsors this year are Senator Duckworth and Senator Murkowski. Murkowski is out of uh, Alaska and Duckworth is Senator out of Illinois. And then over on the House side, side, we have uh, Congresswoman Chu, who's from California, and we have Congresswoman Warlowski, who's out of Indiana. They're on key committees, and that's an important step, is that when, as these pieces of legislation start to move, you want folks that are on the key committees to at least be able to voice in the committee setting to the positives of their bill. All right, Tom, for our political buffs out there, which committees do we have sponsorship representation uh, from? Can you tell us? Right. We're working with Senate Finance, which is a key committee because that's where all the taxing dollars come from, and this is going to be in the IRS code. Sure. And then we've got Ways and Means, which is the taxing body in the House. And then we also have Energy and Commerce, who deals with healthcare policy. We're just trying to get everybody connected with the same thing. And then over the back over to the Senate again is the Health Committee, and we've got had great conversations with members who are on Health as well. Fantastic. So we're progressively we're meeting with everybody to get them to sign on. All right. Well, it sounds like you guys have had some good momentum, and those are some key committee members that you just named. That's great. 
but it sounds like we still have a little ways to go. So what challenges do the two of you foresee uh, your bills facing in the days ahead? The challenge is going to be that we could get it to a committee conversation and then get it passed out of committee. And then leading up to that, there's the Congressional Budget Office is uh, always challenging because all healthcare pieces have to have a pay for. So we're looking now to have discussions with CBO through committee leadership, and we'll be finding ways to either pay for it or to actually prove that this legislation will actually reduce overall healthcare costs because it costs more to have certain types of procedures done rather than just the custom. But it is more than the off-the-shelf prosthesis. Certainly. So justifying that additional cost is... Exactly, Brian. We have to justify the cost. I think we have the arguments to do that. It's just if those uh, nonpartisan folks at CBO will listen. (laughs) So what we look at it as is it's almost like a good, better, best scenario, whereas the -the off-the-shelf breast prosthesis you could use as the good option. Reimbursement values for that are right at about $300. A custom breast prosthesis, which does have a billing code and a fee schedule already established in the DME POS fee schedule, uh, that reimbursement value is about $3,000. And then when we look at reconstruction, any type of reconstruction, anytime somebody goes in for surgery, it's several thousand dollars. And we know that from uh, patients who experience reconstruction, it's not just one procedure and you're done, it's many procedures. Uh, And then there's going to be future surgeries that need to be done as well. So We know that there are some women that can't have reconstruction. Maybe their physician has identified them as somebody that with their medical diagnosis that they're not a candidate for reconstruction. Or maybe they're a patient who they themselves, they would not choose to have reconstruction. Because it's a more invasive procedure. Yep. So for instance, you know, maybe there's somebody, we've talked to women who are diabetic and they know that they don't heal well Mm. and that they would not intentionally choose to have a surgery if they knew that there was another option. So for those women that, especially, you know, for the reasons that I outlined earlier, if an off-the-shelf breast prosthesis isn't a good fit for them, having an alternative option that is a good option um, that would prevent them from needing to have surgery, they would potentially choose that if it were a covered benefit. The way we explain it uh, when we're meeting with uh, staffers and members of Congress is that while we identify that good, better, best option, a custom breast prosthetic might be that best option if they don't want reconstruction or if they can't have reconstruction. So if we're simply looking at it from a dollar value, uh, that's kind of how we outline it when we talk to members of Congress. Okay. Well, that makes a certain amount of sense. So if our listeners out there want to get involved in this, they, they think that this sounds like a good idea and they'd like to help you get this over the goal line. How can they help you do that? Yeah. Grassroots advocacy is really the only way that we're going to get this to pass. Uh, we've created a landing page at letherdecide.org. And on that page, there's information that kind of outlines everything that we talked about here today as well. And it also has a a button that you can click to take action, and that action button is sending an email directly to your own member of Congress, your own elected officials, to ask them to support these bills. And the email's already been written for you. All you have to do is enter in your zip code and then your home address and press send. And it's that simple. There's also the option always to send any other kind of messages, whether you call your legislators directly or send a Twitter message. Anything like that is perfectly acceptable as well. So 
And for anybody who might be on the fence, uh, how can uh, a listener or one of our members, somebody who's interested in uh, helping us get this passed, how can they get a hold of somebody here at BGM that might be able to tell them more? They can contact our Essentially Women team directly. Our phone number is 800-988-4484, or they can email us at essentiallywomen at vgm.com. Our information is also located on our website, which is at uh, essentiallywomen.com as well. Well, you two, I'm coming up on the end of my time here. Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to leave with our listeners today before we sign off? I think citizen engagement, helping you know, pass any piece of legislation is important because it's all about communicating with your member of Congress, getting everything in line, showing that there's support in each congressional district and in their states. That's where the, the action actually happens. Members of Congress actually vote. But the citizenry that get engaged actually win legislation. I think that's a really good point, Tom. There's, I think there's a lot of misperception out there that, that people are relatively powerless or that their Congress people don't listen to them, but that is not the experience that we have. Um, so it is important that people be willing to reach out and, and get involved. That's a great point. Nikki, what about you? Um, Absolutely. Spreading the message is going to be really important and key to getting this passed. And so in addition to you know our landing page that I talked about, social media, we have a Facebook page at Let Her Decide and sharing that amongst your friends and family members. Um, you know, breast cancer touches everybody. Um, unfortunately, it's one of those things that we all know somebody close to us that's been impacted by breast cancer. And so making sure that women have all the choices that they may need. Um, you know, one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer in her lifetime. So hmm. nobody knows what options they may need to have. We just want to make sure that all the options are available for each woman to make the choice for themselves. That's a great closing comment, Nikki. Thank you. Thank you both for taking the time to be here today. I hope that eventually we can report that we've been successful in getting this passed. Thank you for having us. Thank you, Brian. It's a pleasure.